Coming to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome to Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't. We thank you so much for hitching a ride along with us today. I am your host, the Mayor, Matt Logston, and with me as always are my two esteemed co-hosts. I am the Lord Ketchum. And I'm Dave King of the Road. Tonight, we're going to review the Amityville Horror from 1979. It's the kind of house they don't build anymore. What do you think? I love it. Well, you're going to be very happy. It's a wonderful house. God's peace in this house. August 17th, 1979, when little baby King of the Road first experienced what would become a personal favorite of mine, and clearly the most nostalgic film I could possibly ever claim. As I didn't witness it upon first viewing with my eyes, but I listened from within the womb, the night before I was born, at the famed and still in use, 40 years later, Smoot Theater of Parkersburg, West Virginia. I don't remember a lot of specifics about this first viewing, guys, but two words stuck out with me that night and I felt obligated to follow these instructions. Get out. <laughs> Released July 27, 1979, based on the famed novelization, Accounts of the True Events of George and Kathy Lutz by author Jay Anson, the Amityville Horror starts by recapping the tragic murders of the DeFeo family at 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, Long Island, New York, on November 13, 1974, by the eldest son, Ronnie. Approximately one year later, in December 1975, the Lutzes move in, and the events of these next 28 days send them running for their very lives, leaving all their belongings behind, except Harry. But we'll talk more about Harry later on. <laughs> I just have to point out, first of all, that was I love that open. I like how you put a personal stamp on that. <laughs> but I have to uh, recall someone's... Who was that? Someone's open to a certain movie... Way back in the early days of NHP, <laughs> oh, it was Bubba Hotep. Yeah, but the king here just did about... No, there's no yeah but. No, Stop no, it. there is a big but. There is a big but here. Because if you go back and listen Show to me your Bubba Hotep, <laughs> the whole movie was explained in three minutes, whereas Dave, the king of the road, has not explained the whole movie. <laughs> he pretty much did. Nah, yeah. <laughs> He opened it up, but yeah, anyway. 
So, right. the Lutzes. They should have got a 30-day money-back guarantee <laughs> on this. Uh, yeah, they picture. were warned. Well, not really. No, well, yeah, they, I mean, they were aware. They knew what... They were aware. Yeah, come on. They, I guess they weren't warned, warned of the... Uh, there's the a paycheck uh, waved in their face here soon, thing. though. There's, huh? there's a paycheck being waved in their face oh, here real soon, though. Sure. I love the title sequence that we get with Lalo Schifrin's score going with the blood red backdrop of the Amityville house. It's really yes. creepy. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. It is. This this score is amazing. <clears throat> oh, I'll yeah. tell you right now, this is top notch, and it's no wonder that it wasn't uh, that it was actually nominated for an Oscar. I think yeah. I'm a sucker for like children chorus. You know, singing and stuff. Yeah, like children, children of the corn. Of the corn. And stuff. It's very similar I'm, to that. I, you know, Even I'm, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, if I was to pick the most notable thing that it's similar to, it's definitely Children of the Corn. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for those kind of uh, yeah. soundtracks and stuff. So and scores. Oh, this is one I hum so. in the uh, dark tunnels when I take my kids out to Eaton's Tunnel or somewhere oh, for a great. ghost walk. You that's know, awesome. this is one of those things I'm walking along humming that theme <laughs> and. Uh, Nice. And they know what it's from. (laughs) I've shown it to them enough times. So the Dutch gambrel roof design we get with the house. They have these. Is that what it's called? Yes. It's not a barn roof? Okay. It is a barn barn roof. Yes. Uh, Layman's terms. This is Sam Hain versus Sal in here. (laughs) Okay. Well, Uh, it's a barn roof. All the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Barn roof then all the way. Anyways. And it has the two quarter oval windows at the top. Quarter oval windows, is that what they call those now? That's what I'm calling them. I just called them the eye windows. Yeah, yeah yes. they're eye windows. Well, and See, obvious... we're the more simpler folk. Yeah. You know, he's a city folk. We're we're, uh... we're translating for West Virginians here that might be listening yeah. on the highway. Them eye, them, that, that, <laughs> the, the house with the eyes on it <laughs> with the red backdrop. Scary. Scary. <laughs> Indeed. Salon lives there. <laughs> Someone lives there, not Samwin. <laughs> oh, wait, you Sam mean Sam Hain? Oh, yeah, I know, oh, yeah, I know Mr. Oh, Hain. Sam Hain lives there. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, those those windows, I mean, they, they just always, from ever since I was a kid, I mean, they just felt like these evil eyes just peering into my soul. And yeah, I can definitely. never look at another house that looks like this or it's similar to and oh, yeah. not think Amityville Horror. Oh, yeah. And on my fall vacation trip, we took to Massachusetts. I saw plenty of them. I'm like, Amityville Horror, Amityville Horror, Amityville Horror, Amityville really? Horror. Really? Well, it's Dutch. 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 It's Dutch. Dutch. That's it, Dutch. Right, yeah, yeah but it's we're just going to call it Barn Roof. Cause... Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's that too. I mean, you can, find, you can find a house similar to this in every town, and I'm sure everybody has looked at one and seen, like, oh, man, that looks like Amityville. Right, it's it's distinct. It stands out. Yeah, it's and, iconic. Yeah. I mean, it it really is. I mean, like I said, I mean, you cannot see a house and not think that it's one of those Correct. things. It's like it's 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 just out there in the atmosphere. You know, everybody's aware of it. Even if you've never seen it, you just know. Oh, that's the Amityville house, or yeah. you know, you see a hockey mask. You're like, oh, it's Jason Voorhees, or you see Freddy's glove. I mean, even if you've never seen the movies, it doesn't matter. Right. You, you just know. You see an image of Andre the Giant. You know, it's Andre the Giant, and he's a wrestler. Yeah, and when he farts, <laughs> it's a lot, especially on Jake the Snake Roberts. Because he drink like a, a deep cut, like two hundred beers or some shit. One yeah, night, he drank like, like eight gallons that's of a, beer. That's yeah, eight gallons, something like that. Yeah. And him holding a beer bad. is like me holding a shot glass, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, what do you guys think about the murder scene we're witness to, and how effectively do you feel it's shot? Pardon the pun. <laughs> well, I mean, it did the job for me, especially when I was a kid. I watched it. I first watched this when I was twelve, so I mean, it was alright. Yeah, well, that score helped a lot. Oh, absolutely. It? Well, I mean, I like I like string the, across um, the cello. Or? I like the you know, the shot, the wide shot out, of the, you know, from the house and the you know the gunfire going off, and you see it, you know, happening. Yeah. Especially when you know he makes his way up top, you know, to shoot the little girls, or yeah, yeah or the the kids upstairs yeah. and shit. Um, yeah, it looked it looked fucking awesome, dude. It's killer. Yeah. You know, I mean now. When, yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is pretty cool. It's, it's right. super creepy to me. Yeah. Like seeing just just the shots that they show us, like they're not showing too much. It's it's one of those like you know, it's like less is more. It's like yeah. we discussed on Halloween one. You know the yeah, what you don't see is what lets you you know imagine, and when you imagine, it's way better than what you see. Right. Yeah. So. If he had, like walked up, I like that they didn't show his face or anything like that. And it, that's to add to the mystery of, yeah. you know, at, you know, at near the end of the movie and shit and everything. Um, but you know, if he would have just walked up to like the kid, and just stuck yeah. the gun right in, in her face and something and blew it off. And you, you got the whole shot of it. I don't know. If that would have been really effective, especially for 1979. You know, this, this, this was already, you know, pushing shit anyway, yeah. you know, on film, because you know children are getting murdered immediately, you know. Right. So, I, I just mean as far as the effectiveness of the what they show. I mean, with that oh, shrill, yeah. Yeah. you know, violin stinger that we get every time he pulls his gun up to shoot. It's just man, it's, it's really, yeah, it gets me. It sets a precedent. It really does. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you the fact that we do see children in these real quick glimpses we we see children getting shot i mean that's it's like oh okay we're we're going here you know it's edgy it's 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 ballsy it's a ballsy approach even though we get those flashes of the scenes of what actually happens where we get you know we're shooting children at this point Mm -hmm. i think where we see just the outside shot of the house with the windows, and we see the flashes in the windows. I think that is more effective for yes. me personally yeah. than actually seeing those brief glimpses of what's happening in the bedrooms when everybody's asleep. Right on. Plus, because you've already seen what is happening. It's a good mix. Yeah. Yeah, I like no, it. No, I do like that. I like that a lot. So this makes me ask, so... Even though uh, the DeFeo name was not even uttered in this movie, even though this whole, you know, th- this is integral to the whole plot of this movie, yeah. do you guys believe in the real life actual murders? Because these murders actually took place yeah. in this home. Um, I think it was, what was it, November 13th, 1974, and it was done by Ronald DeFeo. And he ended up killing his mother, his father, and three or four of his siblings. I can't remember how many which. But uh, do you believe that he was possessed by a demon? Yes. Or do you just... He was just, I don't know, just a crazy person. Yes. You believe he was possessed, Kane? No. Okay. 100% no. He admits to that in his uh, jailhouse confessions. He admits to a lot of stuff. His sure story's he does. changed yeah, this over guy's years. Not, uh, uh, 
Reliable. Got a full pack of French fries. Okay. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely no dipping sauce. But yeah. But still, I, I don't know. I don't think it was the house. I think that was the paycheck that old uh, Bill there offered him. Well, talking here about what the DeFeo murders, like, I personally, I don't think that he was possessed. I mean, I've, the things that I've, I don't want to say no. research, but I've learned about. This this guy was big into drugs, and he liked right, dropping sure LSD was. a lot. And uh, I don't know. This kind of falls in line, you know, with when you talk about demon talker being possessed and yeah. weird, you know, demeanor and actions and behaviors happening. And obviously, this is extreme at this point, and this is an awful yeah. thing that happened. Um, and literally everybody I've ever known that talks about demon possession in their life is a drug addict. Oh, really? No, I've literally <laughs> never talked to them. I was going to say, say like, like, I have no people, for real? I, say, like, I don't know anybody that's awesome. that's ever said that they But I'm possessed. guessing. Like, I'm ge- what I'm saying by I literally know this is I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, I well, understand. Okay. Truly what I meant there. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> What about you, Lord? I mean, do you do you think he was possessed, or do you just think he just had a break with reality and yeah, just did some bad shit? Yeah, he might have had like a touch of schizophrenia or something like that. You know, he's not stable at all. He's so. messed up his brain on drugs. All right, so right. That's kind of what I think. Drugs are bad, kids. Right. Now, I do uh, just so I, I know we kind of touched on the real part of this, not so much the movie. But I do want to kind of hold off the discussion on our personal thoughts on the Lutz's uh, haunting, if you will. Um, I want to wait to talk about that until okay. after we talk about the movie. If that's okay. okay. Yeah. Is that cool with you, King? Yeah, man, that's cool. But hey, uh, James Tolkien, the coroner in this movie. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. He's yeah. fucking... Mr. Strickland. Mr. Strickland, yeah. yeah. From Back to the Future. Dude, and, was... and his overcoat and his little hat. It's a little is he, Loomis, he huh? a hat? Yeah, he's Loomis. No, he's, he's not wearing a hat. The other guy's wearing a hat. <laughs> he's clean shaven. Oh, dude. He could totally be my Loomis any day before Malcolm McDowell. I just dude, want to put that out I there. Hear you. Oh, my God. But, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's my Loomis right there. Other than Donald Michael, Cousins. you're a slacker. <laughs> yeah. That's, clearly, dude, you nailed it. I mean, that oh, is my number yes. two Loomis there could possibly ever be. Wow. He's 88 now. Still alive. I'm sure everybody knows. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Top Gun. He was in Dick Tracy. He was in the He Man Masters. Yeah, Masters Universe. <laughs> he was actually about more recently. He was in a Bone Tomahawk. If you guys seen yes. that, I have not, but yes. I'm going to watch it. I wow. watched it on your it's referral. A, it's a, it is a bit part, but that movie incredible. Yeah, Hitchhikers. If you have not seen Bone Tomahawk, you need to get on that shit right now and in a hurry. Oh yeah, that oh, is yeah. an amazing Kurt film. Russell. I mean, yeah, that's all. Need I say more? Patrick Wilson. I mean, it, it it's a great cast. Richard Jenkins. It's awesome. Yeah, get on this movie if you haven't seen it. But anyways, um, well, well, Kurt Russell. Speaking of sexy older men, for you listeners who are into literally that, literally nobody said sexy. Okay, but <laughs> we're gonna talk about James Brolin real quick. All right. Okay. Because evidently, my wife thinks you know I should look like James Brolin in her dreams. But, oh, oh wow! Yeah, like he's he's a <laughs> that's impossible. For, no, that's all right. She, I don't know. It must be the perm on the beard. <laughs> I don't know, but and he, I mean, I guess looks probably better than I do in a pair of tidy whiteies. 
or saggy baggies, really, because he's kind of wearing them a little loose. I don't know if you guys thought that. Yeah, but he wears them a little loose, and that's cool. But, you know, that perm and that beard. I will say, James Rowland does have a magnificent beard, by the way. I mean, he really does. It's like, it's the type of beard you want to grow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's proper. Yeah. Gregory Adams was jealous of that beard. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But yeah, we're introduced to the Lutz family, and George is played by James Brolin. He was in Westworld, the movie. Good one. Uh, he was in The Car, the long-running... Not a good one. <laughs> the long-running TV show Hotel from the 80s, and he's also Josh Brolin's dad. And we get Kathy, who's played by Margot Kidder. We just discussed her in episode 24 during the Rob Zombie Halloween Mar- Mar- 2. Margot Kidder. Margot. Margot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of her. <laughs> But she was Lori's therapist, and she's hashtag my Lois Lane from the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. And she was in the original Black Christmas and Sisters. And we're also introduced to the three children who are now, they are now the proud new owners of this super discounted murder house. And their names don't match their real names, and that's... Right. That's well, we're, we're told that because we're going to change to protect the innocent and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because technology hadn't come out yet. Yep. Friends. Yep. People couldn't just Google it. They didn't have the Googles. But hey, back to uh, Margot Kidder as Kathy Lutz. Yeah. Uh, man, if she wanted to practice some ballet in front of her mirror with her top undone, <laughs> I'd be like, by all means, proceed. Absolutely. Yeah. When I first watched Ooh. this movie, I was like, okay. You got right. one stalking off. And it's this like, oh, this yeah. Is that's not... We're progressing. That's not bad. <laughs> that's something. Yeah. yeah. Just so viewers know, I'm way more attracted to her than James Brolin in this. She's a cutie. That's good. And I did. Oh, I'd hope I so. put him over pretty good just a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Uh, uh, God yeah. damn, James. <laughs> but uh, did you all know that James Brolin, he was uh, off screen, he was... He became friendly with the real life George Lutz, uh, but he was really wow. doubtful of his story with his family, what happened. And I guess Margot Kidder, uh, she didn't believe the story either. And supposedly, she had went on record saying that she hated this movie. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, supposedly. Hmm. Okay, that's what I came up with. I don't know why she'd hate this movie. Matt was on CNN for this news, I think. <laughs> <laughs> fake news. Oh well, gosh. I'm not saying that CNN's fake news. The other one is too now, from what I understand. They're all fake. <laughs> We're not getting into all that. Anyway, uh, anywho. <laughs> but, but, no, I saw an interview with, uh, I know it was at least Brolin with the Lutzes on some, you know, talk show. Like back in the day? Yeah, like, some okay. obscure talk show host. Like maybe it was like a... Morning news channel guy almost in a you know sofa. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty like Ron Burgundy. It was put together pretty poorly, like a yeah Ron Burgundy or like <laughs> between two ferns type setup. I mean, it wasn't done real high budget, but huh. there's an interview and you can watch it on YouTube. Really, and that's interesting. Roland, yeah, he he kind of goes along with everything, but I don't remember. Is that uh, like a publicity? Yeah, yeah, it was shit? a publicity thing. I don't know yeah. if Margaret Kidder was there or not. I don't think she was. I feel like it was just Brolin. Hmm. Interesting, though. Check it out, YouTube. Ubers. But Harrison Ford, James Caan, Burt Reynolds, and Christopher Reeve were all considered for the role of George Lutz in this. And there's an interesting thing with this. 
James Brolin, he auditioned for the role of Clark Kent Superman and lost to Christopher Reeve. And Christopher Reeve lost out to Brolin in this one. Mm. Interesting. None of us lost out in those decisions. Period. I, I, I agree with that. I, I can't disagree there. Yeah. Yeah. It all worked out for Harrison the Ford would have been a good one. Yeah. Well, and the reason why he was considered was mm. because of the, you know, the success from, you know, doing the Star Wars, Star Wars movies yeah. that was unexpected, and he was a hot ticket item at that moment. So, right. I think James Conn would have been a, that would have been yeah. an interesting take. I like what we I, got. Yeah, I don't know if, no, I, I, I don't think I'd like James Conn, actually. Really? Nah, I don't know. Not for this role. Okay. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm about Burt Reynolds? Got. Burt Reynolds. That'd be the, that'd be the number two guy. That'd be that'd be really? close second. out of all that list. I don't know. I'd say Harrison Ford would be a two. Oh, uh, put him three. Hmm. Right on. Okay. Right. There yeah. you go. But yeah, James Rowe did a fantastic job. Sure. Yeah. His, on board. His beard did. <laughs> you don't like his acting other than that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> wow. But I'm not going to say like he set the world on fire. Yeah, he, he did that. a fine. He did a fine job, dude. No, he didn't reinvent the wheel. But I mean, he did. Yeah, he made it look better than Ryan Reynolds. He didn't mail it in. Ooh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we won't. We'll get to it right now. We'll oh, okay. I brought it up. <laughs> oh. Ryan Reynolds better fucking George Lutz, in your mm. opinion, Mayor? Yes. I seen that's where you were going, and well, you're wrong. <laughs> Okay. He to, might have a better have, chest, but his perm is nowhere near as close. <laughs> and, and well, you don't yeah. have to have a perm, <laughs> do. And, and here's Play the thing: now, you do have it. You do have to have an everyday man bod, okay? And George Lutz had an everyday man bod, and Ryan Reynolds is that. You know, oh, that's the Hollywood version. It's the it's the Ken doll version. Okay. Oh, fuck the Ken doll version. I I'm I'm going to side with the cane on this. Thank you. I agree, hundred percent. But I still think Ryan Reynolds was a more convincing George Lutz. I, I, I mean, seriously. I mean, in what way? We'll get there. No, I'm asking right no, now. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm asking right no. Now. We're gonna get. We'll get there because we're we're not gonna bust that cherry at this moment. Oh my God, I'm we trying have, to. I know you are. All right. But Let's anyway, I've stated my case. I noted. I really don't care for the cutaways to the murders that we get while George and Kathy, they're being led around the house by the realtor. You don't? No, I don't. You're um, wrong. I like it, to be honest, because you know, it establishes right here. Boom. Kid was right there. No, I yeah, like that. Yeah, right here. Boom. You know. No, I do like that. I enjoy the dynamic of seeing your dream home unfold before your eyes, and then you see that the this awful thing happened right. you know where you're fantasizing about like oh i can do this and this with this room and right. blah 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 like, you know oh. no i i get that but I, I it's it's edited weird i think you like you get a weird freeze frame as they're coming up the steps it makes you think there's something wrong with the movie for a moment the cutaways i think they're really loud and they're kind of a rough cut insert and it's all those are happy accidents to me that's like Stuff that makes me uncomfortable and makes me like, what's wrong here? And like, it's it adds to it to me absolutely, one hundred percent. It adds for me, where you're saying it. Interesting. It uh, negates because I, it takes me out of it because it, it, it makes me not focus on what I'm seeing and what I'm being wow. presented. It makes me think there's like, 
I don't know when when there's weird editing or you know like that freeze frame I talked about. I know like, exactly what you're talking about. Well, I know freeze frames need to be used in the right timely fashion. You know, like uh, Sleepaway Camp has free frame, free, <laughs> a good freeze frame. You know, there's know. a lot of different movies that ha- have freeze frames in the middle of film. It's just it's you got to do it at the right moment. I think what the mayor's talking about is the freeze frame when, like, they're going up the steps. I know exactly yes. what he's talking about. Okay, yeah. so it is a little bit. I don't. I don't know if they timed it right. May and I. And I'm not sure if it was just an editing problem, if it was just a happy accident. Either it could have okay. been done by on for real because you know some movies were doing that shit at that time. It was the '70s. You know the you know the yeah the pause frame yeah the pause frame shit. You know. Add suspense to the What moment. you're saying, but, I think, is they held it just a, a hair too long. Um, yeah. I I think, if anything, that, that hair too long makes me notice it more. Like you're saying, it's it's noticeable. It stands out. But for me, in a positive way. like it, it, For me, it's a negative. It makes me stop and, you know, think. And it's like, interesting. You know, I don't know. It just, it's, it's that less is more thing. To me, it takes me out of the mood so obviously for me, I, I have to take pretty deep cuts at times. And I feel like on this movie in particular with you, King, I got to take a pretty deep cut. And I got to ask you, do you know who the realtor is during this scene? Oh, shit. <laughs> I oh, do not. <laughs> I love the look you just gave me. It was the look of nothing. <laughs> Mrs. Townsend, you mean? The realtor, the yeah. realtor, yeah, Miss Townsend, okay. yeah, yeah, you know who she is. What, um, what, what as far as her she's actress, been no, no, okay, uh, like the electric grandmother or something. I mean, oh no. man, I love that movie. It's a great movie, Ray Bradbury. Dude, ha- really? You you just bring up the electric grandmother like this? Are you <laughs> yeah. serious? Dude? We're not getting into that right now, are we? man. I that's some deep shit. We you and me have a have a, we need to have a discussion <laughs> later. Sure, for real, classic. Oh, it is a classic. Ray Bradbury. Yep. Okay, yeah. We're moving gonna talk, on. We're going to talk later, dude. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. That's a good one. But the realtor was played by Elsa Raven, and she was Ida Strauss in James Cameron's Titanic in 1997. She was a nurse in the Kick the Can segment of the oh, Twilight Zone, it. the movie. Yes. Who was she? She was one of the nurses. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, from 83. And she was, and here is the one. She was the Save the Clock Tower lady. Oh, are you shitting Back me? to the Future, oh, dude. You know what, Kane? Oh you my known god! That. Now, now you should have known that. I'm smacking my head. Yep. Oh my god! Congratulations, Mayor. <laughs> you want to talk about achieving climax? You just Boom. inserted the missing piece to my life's puzzle. You really did. <laughs> Unreal hitchhikers. Who did you? You had no idea. No idea. In the future. I had no idea. But immediately when you say it, I realize it. And I'm like, oh yes. my god, it is. Yes. Hitchhikers. Did you guys know this? Let us know. Wow. The cane is astounded. <sighs> down goes the cane. Down goes and, and the just cane. Just so we know, it's clear. All right. That was the one that I was. I put all my eggs in the basket. <laughs> you got it. me. Damn it, man. Nice. All right. All right, so the Lutzes, they move in, and they're visited by their local priest, who is Father Delaney, played by Rod Steiger, who is a two-time nominee, one-time Oscar winner. 
Uh, for this? No, no, not for this. Oh, for say, for okay. In the Heat of the Night from yeah, 1968. And uh, he ends up having a run-in with some flies out of season when he's trying to bless this house. Hmm. Very creepy when I was 12, man. That's... I was like, yeah. damn, what the hell? What's going on with this house? You know, it's, it seems like all biblical and stuff. Yeah. I, I thought. Yeah. It's odd. It's off-putting. Yeah. Sure. It's a view into the Catholic uh, lifestyle. Get out! The old father Laney. He, in the book, it's a different name, but again, the book's trying to protect people okay. that are in real life involved, but... Uh, man, this guy needs to find a new line of work before he goes blind. So I feel. Yeah. In the book, though, hold on. In the book, again, he doesn't uh, suffer all these illnesses he gets from this situation. Yeah, he's pretty stricken in this movie. I mean, yeah. he's just boom, 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 yeah, one after another. Him falling to his demise <laughs> by the yeah. end almost. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a descent into madness almost yeah. before you actually see the madness. In real life, this dude was like, guys, I'm out. <laughs> in yeah. fact, uh, the money I got last week during services, I'm going to Keep vacation. <laughs> actually, I'm taking a month off. So in the book, did they use the people's real names in the book? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a recounted okay. true story. Okay, okay. Good question, but yeah, no, Father Delaney. Is, yeah. uh his, his his accounts are backed by you know later on statements. He does a interview where he wants to be hidden. You know, they black out his face and sure he talks about the stuff that happened and the whole car hood flipping back on him that supposedly happened. The uh, the get out voice. Uh, I've heard there's some conflicting stories about that hood scene. I have That's a had weird a hood scene. come up on me. Really? Yeah, well, dude. But I heard from what I understand the conflict is that tries to refute this story is that the vehicle that was being driven, the hood opened the opposite way where the hinges were at the front. Okay. So, so it wouldn't couldn't have, have, it wouldn't happened. have happened. Right. I've, I've heard that. I have not. I heard doubt that, that though. Highly, I, Mary. yeah, I think that's that's a, a very rare hood assembly, and well, it's not but the common. At, I, I, but at that time, it was common mm, in the mid seventies. I can't remember. Mm, I want to say it was like a Ford. I don't want to say Pinto, but it was like it was something along those lines. Hmm. It's look it up. Okay. It, there's there's a, there's something to that where people they go to that as like well. Right here is a bunch of bullshit. You know, like, I mean, right. if you want to talk about things... The car that... in the book and the car in the movie are different, too, I think. I mean... Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've had a hood come up on me. Have you? Uh, yeah, I, I had my hood unlatched, though, because I was driving with a, uh, a battery charger mm-hmm. thing hooked up to my battery because it was dead, and I needed to run it, and it just wasn't staying on. Anyway, it was it was dumb. I was, like, 17. Hmm. And I was riding, and I was going down a hill, mm-hmm. and it caught, and boom. Hmm. And the, uh, the the back end of my hood, the edges, they curled up and shit the metal did yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was crazy. Cracked my windshield a little bit. I've had my hood slide up into the windshield where I didn't have it bolted on correctly, and I, after I had done some work on it or whatever, yeah. I'd had to head off and put it back on. And scary, up good dude. And slid like, and it did crack the corner of my windshield. And it's scary. You're like, oh my if god! If it flipped back on me, yeah, anything. that'd freak me out. Yeah, 
I've happen. never had any hood issues. But <laughs> again, Lord, again, how the fuck are you alive? I don't know, man. Just, I, no, the mayor doesn't even know how to pop his head, so it probably wouldn't be loose. I was riding. I was riding with my buddy Steve. <laughs> Mayor <laughs> pay someone else to pop their head. <laughs> but they actually use honey. They put all over Rod Steiger's face to uh, attract all the yeah. the flies on his face there during that scene. Um, one thing I found that was really interesting. There's a line later on uh, between George and Kathy, and the. Uh, George is talking about accepting a collect call from Japan and waiting to get the bill to see how much it costs. That is absolutely humorous right now. I even chuckled when I was doing this rewatch because I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> how you, times have changed. You youngins, you don't know nothing about that. So go ask your parents or your grandparents and you talk to them about collect calls and you come back to us. All right. <laughs> especially to China. Because like that was some legit shit. Like That was a big no-no. I mean, call you just, you didn't do it. You have a collect call. Dude, I remember, because <laughs> if you didn't have money at a payphone, right. you could collect call, but somebody else have to accept the charges. Right. So, you know, you would be like, you know, you have a collect call from, and you'd have to squeeze in your name or a whole message, like a whole sentence. Yeah. Hey, and mom, it, I'm here at practice. Pick me up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, mom, I'm done. Hurry up. <laughs> you know, or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yes. And then they know to come and get you, and you could call for free on a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what we used to do when I was a kid, uh, there was a payphone near my house. Uh, me and a couple other bicyclists of the same age generation, who I don't remember their names because we just met up at this phone booth once in a while, we would call 1-800-9-FRANCE. I don't know if that number's still active or not. He caught number up on a payphone and talked to some French dude, and and we were you know <laughs> young young teenagers and it was like the cool thing for us to like cuss them out, and every now and then they'd come back with some kind of like whispering French like oh you do you do me motherfucker you you know <laughs> I totally did a terrible French but you would just cuss cuss them out and everything yeah and they would you an know, American or French? yeah an American because oh, I don't know any French well, I don't at know thirteen fourteen years old you know you don't know any French now no but I still don't yeah <laughs> but here we are yeah that was my payphone fun hell yeah as a juvenile right delinquent. Daughter Amy, she begins her fr friendship with her new imaginary friend Jody. Uh, we'll get a little more on that later. But did you catch the doll that she had in her room? Yeah, it kind of, well, I mean, I don't, I, I couldn't place it. I mean, it looks like a like and and like a Raggedy Ann yep. doll. I wanted to say Raggedy Ann, but that's, it's, that's it's exactly miscolored that is, or something like that. Yeah, right, it's like yellow, it's darker. Yellow. Yeah, it was. It's like dyed or something. I don't know how they how they did it or why they did it. I guess it's just to separate, you know, make it not a raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, and it's interesting. But the, is that uh, Janet? Because later on, she refers to one of her dolls as Janet. I don't know if that's the mm. name. Actually, yeah. we'll get to that. But, well, anyway. Just Jody. No, Jody was. Yeah, the, I'm uh, talking about one of her dolls. She calls one of her dolls Dan Janet. Oh, okay. She says, Janet, are you listening? Now, don't be a oh, smartass. Smart right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I think you're right then, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I was just making comment because, like, she had a Raggedy Ann-looking doll. And, yeah. you know, the Warrens famously, you know, did right. the Amityville. And they also did the Annabelle. And the Annabelle, the okay. real doll yeah. is, an, is a Raggedy Ann doll. So, 
Yeah, I I, I don't know if that was an intentional Probably. thing or not. Probably. But yeah, there's if, that. And since you mentioned it, yeah, I, I appreciate that, and I think I'll enjoy that on reviewing now. I'll be nice. like, oh yeah, that's the Easter egg to the Annabelle. Did I just come up with another thing? Yeah. Ooh, oh, I'm hot an, tonight. That was an easy one. The, the king has a drawing too on like, his uh, king art page of the Amityville. With yeah, it's the, nice. With the uh, it's yeah Annabelle doll in it. It's subtle. And Jody and the ghost. Yeah, it's nice. The horns. Yeah. But George, he is almost immediately affected by the house. He's not hungry. He's perpetually cold. He chops wood like he's a fucking lumberjack. He always Dude. wakes up at 3.15 hey, a.m. And he kind of turns into a dick. And I'll be honest with you. To me, he just kind of sounds like he's a dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but dude, I, I, I used to chop wood. That's what we used to have um, for heat. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, for a little while when I was growing up. was just wood heat. So the winter sucks. It's, and to prepare for that, you chopped wood in the summertime and shit. And I was pissy afterwards. Yeah. You know? I... I hated chopping wood. Well, <laughs> on the on the heels of this, let me ask this: Who's the better lumberjack, James Brolin or Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> does it matter? These are, these are crazy matters. questions. Man. Why does it matter for the? For because those? clearly, James Brolin is a much better lumberjack <laughs> than Ryan Reynolds. I, I, you see the way he tosses that axe right into the tree? Yeah, yeah. that's weird. Solid. I mean, it's cool, but Fucking it's Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds do that? He, no. You're damn right he didn't. Why? Because he's not a better lumberjack. I think you're going to lose this battle, Mayor. <laughs> All right. I didn't come here to lose. I win. That's what I do. Obviously, I brought a knife to a yeah. gunfight here. <laughs> <laughs> but George's... Uh, progression with his you know his demeanor and just how he feels and acts it gets progressively worse with each passing day and night and apparently if you're a servant of god you can't hang out in this house clearly with hell no father delaney heaven no i mean and then (laughs) heavens no (laughs) and then uh kathy's aunt who is a nun she visits and becomes ill and she immediately leaves blows chunks yes she does um, I think it's you know whatever is possessing the house and you know, utilizing the house there. Um, it's just that it's damn. Just, evil. It's like hey, you know I can tell hey, I ain't having none yeah. of this before right. we get too. He's like a virus. It likes to play with its victims, you know. Except for people of the church, you know, get that shit out of there. Cause that's get a, out because that's a harm, you know, to him. Before yeah. we get too far, we need to cue up those uh, that audio of blowing chunks from the nun. Okay. <laughs> We'll squeeze it in. Because <laughs> that's pretty, I mean, memorable. <laughs> she really gives it a roll. They're paying $100 for this roll, and she's taking every penny of it and putting it to good use. <laughs> but Father Delaney, he kind of, he he's under the weather himself, and he becomes under the care of a fellow priest who is Father Bolin, who's played by Don Stroud. He was in the the Buddy Holly story with uh, Gary Busey. He was in Sweet Sixteen. He was pretty much a racist dick in that movie. He was in countless TV appearances from the '60s all the way into the 2000s, 
and most recently as Sheriff Bill Sharp in Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained. Right on. I love that scene, by the Hell way. Hell yeah, dude. That's an mm-hmm. awesome scene. Because you get Tom Wopat also. Yep. Yeah. I like that. But uh, they end up having some car trouble that we already kind of talked about as they're trying to warn the Lutzes and they're getting ready for Kathy's brother, his uh, his wedding. Mm-hmm. And we end up getting a whole fiasco with some missing money and... You know, guys like to play guy, tricks, man. Guy, guy don't take no checks. He wants cash only, oh, yeah. and you know, George don't play no shit. Hey, while all that matter, he's looking like death. Oh yeah, I always shit. thought this whole scene with them trying to find the money for the caterer is it's silly. Kind of silly, yeah, and it's out of place, and yeah, and in reality, it's not in the recount of Jay Anson's novel anyway. Right, on. it's not part of that. This was just put in for the movie. And I don't know. It fills the gap, but I mean, it fills the gap more for the uh, the closet scene with the babysitter. I mean, we get a really hmm. cool right thing out of this, which wouldn't make sense to me because I'm a parent of you know multiple children. And if I got a babysitter for one of them, and they're going to stay there the entire time, I need them to be gone for one of them. They're going to watch all of them, right? Because <laughs> I don't get away enough with my old lady, <laughs> and. We're not going to take two kids with us to this wedding. No, if we got a babysitter coming to the house to stay for this amount of time, you taking them all. I'm, <laughs> I'm chipping in that extra twenty bucks, boys. <laughs> You're gonna watch them all. Here's an extra Jackson <laughs> and for your trouble. Guess what? Here's here's a login to our Netflix and everything. If you know, if you want to take it with you afterwards, just don't overdo it. This is seventy nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't have that. I'm aware of that. I'm just talking out loud in modern day times. But yeah, no, I hear you. And I did think that was weird because it was just Amy. It wasn't the two boys. And the babysitter, her brace-faced headgear is awesome. Yeah. Mean, yes, it is. Hey, here's <laughs> Thank a, you. Here's we the agree. thing. When I was a kid. <laughs> when I was a youngin'. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I found it kind of cute. You know, I like the oh, braces, man. I, didn't think I, was it, a big, I, didn't... I was a big dork, man. I like I like chicks with braces. I, like, I could see Carrie being Chick hot. And this is basically Carrie with, you know, weird braces. Gimmick on. Hmm. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I hear you. That's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. I'm not attracted to her at all. But as a kid right, watching, of this, course, she's very bitchy. Yeah, well, she's yeah. not. And it, as a kid, road, no, 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 no. I feel sorry no. for her though. I'm like, oh my god, you know, this is terrible. What's happening to her? And I mean, George clearly shown that like uh, it doesn't lock. You just need to open the door. I mean, I'm just saying. Dude, she was in there for a long time. Which, dude, yeah, screaming, of, screaming for Amy, you know. Open the damn door. Which part of this door. house is possessed are you missing at this point, <laughs> Mayor? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to poke holes, man. That's all I'm trying well, to do. Those are man. flimsy holes. All right. This house is fucking possessed, okay? Period. Roger that. It's awesome. <laughs> I enjoy it, man. And, and I don't you know. know. I just, I love this scene. It is disturbing and it's uncomfortable. Her being in that closet and the light going out and the, okay. again you got this this violin stinger you know music. Well, if and, the kid just sitting out there you know not responding to her at, at right? all you know and that, that's got to be freaky out you know, as, if you're the babysitter man. Yeah, kids shit. Yeah. Question: Which babysitter was better, this one or the remake? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That's a that's a fair question, and there and there's a pretty good answer for both. All right, you, you got me a little bit. I appreciate the babysitter <laughs> in the remake much better 
Okay. For the obvious reasons. For, yeah, right? for the obvious reasons. This is the babysitter I want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. If I'm going to be babysat, that's the I one. I wanted to be babysat Bring her. her. If, you're, if you're asking me that question, yes. <laughs> I mean, no, I want to be babysat by her now. <laughs> I mean, oh, shit. Okay, I had to. I had to ask that. I mean, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. So the higher-ups at the diocese, they clearly don't believe anything Father Delaney or Father Bolin is trying to sell them about the Lutz's house and the danger they're in. Uh, one of the uh, higher-ups is Father Ryan, as played by Murray Hamilton, who was Mayor Vaughn on Jaws and Jaws 2. And uh, I will say, Rod Steiger gives a pretty passionate testimony during this scene, and so does Murray Hamilton. I like this. I like this scene in this movie. I think it's much better than the other guys, but his he's kind of a dickhead, you know. I don't really appreciate that, especially it being a church member. It needs to be a little more supportive. But I guess at that time, you he's know, very trying to off. you know cover up a lot of the um, I guess exorcism kind of shit. The church protected you know, a lot of yeah. shit. Yeah. George wakes up at you guessed it three fifteen to have his own encounter with some flies and ends up getting the front door blown off the hinges by an unseen force, which then prompts a call to the police and the detective from the original murders with the DeFeos, which was Sergeant Jean Frito. Old mustache, I call him. Yeah, old mustache. <laughs> it was played by Val Avery. He, uh, he ends up, he promises a watch detail uh, to the house. Um, they don't do a good job. Not really. He he, he just saw us a whole bunch of just sitting around watching and just drinking coffee. Smoking right. cigars. Smoking cigars, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's what he it does. Rhyme, it reminded me of Haddonfield. Yeah. Police Force. Yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, we're here, but we're not really doing shit. But Kathy learns more troubling things about Jody from Amy. Uh, she then tries to reach out to Father Delaney, but the phone turns to static again. Uh, George, he ends up going off to do some research of his own and meets up with his business partner, Jeff, played by Michael Sachs at the bar. And we kind of start to figure out that George is a bit of a doppelganger of sorts to the Ronald DeFeo character that is not mentioned by name. And uh, Spot on. Yeah, well, um, I have more on that, but, you know... With given what was Jean Frito, he says about, are you related to the when he goes in the house and after the house the, the door's blown off like are you related to anybody that was lived here before and then the bartender makes a comment saying like you know you just look like that guy that was you know you were sitting right there when he was arrested yeah you know so you kind of you you get these little <laughs> clues the eyes that Kathy ends up seeing in the window from Amy's room. Uh, that that's weak. It's nineteen seventy nine. It is. Yeah. But here's the thing. We have Halloween from nineteen seventy eight, and there are stuff that is far more like the way it's presented and shown. It's more frightening what this is. I mean, it, it just it it kind of looks like the reflection of like a possum or something that's just there with the eyes being reflected off, and it kind of looks away, and it it doesn't do anything. For me, an adult's first time you've seen this. When I first watched this movie, I was twelve. Shit, I've said it before, but um, it was effective for me then. And I I watched this movie 
probably all the way up through like until I was about 25. To be honest, I haven't seen this movie in about 10 years. Oh wow! Okay, but I, in you know, I, I used to watch it all the time and shit back in the day. When I did the rewatch for this, I was worried about you know it, it not standing up to the test of time and shit. Um, but I don't know. I it was still pretty effective for me. You know, I mean, I knew it was coming, but it's it's I don't know. I like it because it's less is more mm-hmm. factor now. The uh, Margaret Kidder's reaction isn't very uh, sell worthy. I don't think you know she didn't really sell the scare in this. The scare yeah, wasn't that covers her mouth, doesn't she? The scare, yeah, it wasn't very good. Quote unquote, wasn't scary though. It just like oh, we're seeing a reflection of some kind of animal eyes. Have you seen red lights yeah, blinking in a here's off the thing, though, out yeah. your window? It would freak you out. Well, here's the thing, man. If you know from for a fact. Floor, You've just been talking to your daughter, you know, and like, oh, you scared Jody. Jody just jumped out the fucking window, you know, and you know for a fact, you know, you've seen Jody as supposed imaginary friend, and then you've seen that immediately. You'd freak the fuck out. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. You would freak out. Fair enough. I mean, okay, but I don't, viewing this as a movie gore, I, I don't know. I get it's, you. It's, yeah. it's kind of. It's flimsy to me. I, I get what you're saying. It's 79, it. too. If you're looking you know? at this from a modern technology standpoint, sure, but, man, this movie, nostalgically I mean, was, for me, the way I... It's pitch dark and, you know, saw it some... Originally, and it, you know, I hold on to that. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's like watching Star Wars. Because, to be honest... I don't want to watch the special edition of Star Wars. I want to watch <laughs> right. the, the original animatronic effects. It was shot at night for a reason, you know. If it had been shot during the day, you know, you wouldn't get that same effect, dude, you know. I I know the eyes are kind of, I guess they're shitty, but, I mean, it it plays well. I like it. I get it's clunky by today's standards, but by that standard, no way. That was fine. Okay. It doesn't stand out or stick out, I guess, or anything to me. With the help of Jeff's believer wife Carolyn, which is played by Helen Shaver, we uh, we well we kind of learn a little bit more about the the Lord's family history. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> <laughs> sit down, hitchhikers. Let me tell you a tale. We learn about Jack Ketchum and uh, how John he was a, Ketchum. John. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's my great 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 well, they call great John great daddy John Ketchum. Kennedy, so yeah, no, that's okay. Um, he was a witch. So not really. <laughs> yeah, he was a witch. It was run out of Salem, Massachusetts, right. which not was really. interesting enough because yeah. I just came from there, and he ended up building the house, which is called the Ketchum House. Yeah. So I think I I'm, over I in Sayville should be making some money over in Saysville. <laughs> is it Saysville? Saysville, Amityville's uh, neighboring city. I can't remember. Sail Saleville or Sayville? I think it's Sayville because they combined. Salem Village and made it Sayville. Hmm. It's the neighboring town to Amityville where he supposedly resided after he left Salem, but he was never convicted of being a witch. That was a legend, which is much like the Lutz's retelling of this story. <laughs> well, from my family lineage, it's true. It's spelled with an A. I know it is. Okay, so it's spelled differently. It's, spelled it's actually spelled with a U. Don't say I thought it was with a U. I've seen both. It's with a U. Okay, well, this is... <laughs> listen, guys, we're all speculating But I spell here. my name with an E. This is like... So. 
Abraham in the Bible, it may have had an H in it, it may not have. Okay, we're we're going on someone else's story here. <laughs> but uh, the couple, they end up taking a uh, trip down to the basement where Carolyn, she kind of fills us in. There was a tribe of Indians that were called the Chinnacocks, and they used the land where this house was to keep all the crazy people to die, more or less. And she commences to do some impromptu demo work, and she convinces George to do the same. I'd been pissed off. It'd be like, like what bitch, the what fuck? the fuck you doing right what now? What the fuck? And his, his Jeff was kind of like, whoa, hey, what are you doing? And she just, she just keeps going. I would have, yeah, I would have stopped that shit immediately. Be like, like nope, nope, no, no, you put that down right now. What the hell's going on? This is not okay in my book, right? Yeah, but George, he ends up, uh, you know, he does the same, and he busts down the wall, and uh, supposedly this reveals a supposed passage to hell with, in my opinion, it's a weirdly placed reflection of Donald DeFeo, which, do you know... Yeah, Ronnie, Ronald. I think you said Donald. He did say Donald. Did I? Yep. I said, well, I apologize. It is Ronald, and I have that written down right <laughs> Making now. Making sure we fact-check him on everything. No. Yeah, well, you should. But do you know who was this, like, reflection, who that was? It wasn't James Brolin. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Josh Brolin. Nope. It was his brother. It was his brother. His huh. brother. And was they put a fact? fake beard on him, yes. Mm, you got me. Yep. You didn't know that either. Man, Kane. Disappointing me. Hey guys. <laughs> That's okay. I got a lot more for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Rod Steiger, he really did ham it up during the church scene, uh, where he's leading the prayer with Father Bolin and he ends up becoming blind. I mean that it it that's over the top. Heck to yeah, me. it is. That is just hamming it up to the T. Give them health of mind and body that they may do your will with perfect love. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Give them strength of mind and body. Oh, Lord, I beg them. Give them strength in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, your I don't know. I I dig it. It's it's kind of cool to me um, because you know he's supposedly seen this angel fall apart. You know, and the angels doesn't have it's intact eyes and their thing. You know, well, but look, you know, Boland sees it. You know, he doesn't see anything. You know, this is where they spent their four point seven million dollar <coughs> budget on like this instead of getting Harrison uh, Ford. Well, that and. <laughs> you know, well, Harrison whatever. Ford is probably a cheap get at that point. So. Maybe, maybe I don't know, but. You know, they could have spent the money on... Well, they have a scene in the book where... Well, and it's whatever the real account was by Kathy Lutz that when she looked in the mirror, she saw herself as like an old woman in that yeah. one scene. Yeah. Where James Rowland comes in and she's got like like wax drippings under yeah, it was her yeah. weird. I didn't know When he went to attack her and everything? It's yeah, later. It's during that dream okay. sequence. It's during that dream sequence. Okay. Yeah. It's it ends up with him with raising the axe and yeah. crushing right in the center of her skull with it, but uh, that in the book they they explain it better that she's like looking at herself as like a old woman, like a hundred year old hmm. looking woman, and in the movie they didn't that would portray be scary. it right. 
there's a few things they shortcutted the uh, the marching band playing in the living room. They do have the drum beat playing mm-hmm. one night at three fifteen when he goes downstairs and trips on the lion's head. Yeah, uh, that was supposed to be like there was a marching band that completely rearranged the living room <laughs> <laughs> by playing their music and marching through there at night. Jesus. I mean, Hollywood, they really did uh, try to ramp up the hysteria of Satan and the devil in the 70s with the movies, the didn't they? Man. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that dude, was the one that, the tone, that, that, that was the sounding. Yeah, yeah I agree. Again and, in 2019 with the Addams Family uh, animated edition, evidently. Oh, jeez. I saw that video. That yeah. was ridiculous. That was, that was honestly, that was laugh-out-loud worthy. I yeah. watched that movie, and... There's nothing. Parents that are afraid to expose your yeah, children no to demonic possession in a movie, do not take your kids to the Amity or the, yeah, the Adams, Adams family. family. <laughs> no, yeah. bullshit. Go take your kids to see Adams Family. <laughs> I agree. It's ridiculous. I'm coming apart! Oh, mother of God, I'm coming apart! This scene makes me laugh. This is like a really old school approach to making movies. I mean, it's very dated. It's just kind of out of nowhere. There's really no context. It's it's kind of weird to me. Well, I mean, the scene before it, you know, Margot's had, having her dream, I think. Or yeah. she, she had yeah, freaked yeah, out, that's... you know, that night. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just goes to play, you know, how their psyches are breaking down, Each how the ghosts are attacking, mm-hmm. you know, each of them. In different ways, you know, because James Brolin's getting the sickness and you know the the mind fuck. He's always got to have a fire going. You know, he can't be cold as hell. Can't be here. cold. You know, right? It's where she's obviously everybody else is comfortable, but she gets like you know hallucinations of and dreams of him killing her and the kids and shit. Right. right. So it's kind of weird. I, I I like it though. I guess it does play out. It's it, for the times. You know, it's kind of what you're talking about, Mayor. But. We get a cool cameo from Peter Maloney, who was Frank from the Children from 1980, which we reviewed back in episode three. And Don't he, go back and listen to that, viewers. <laughs> at what, your own children? risk. At your own uh, risk. Yeah, it's a good episode. If you run a <laughs> Nostalgia Highway podcast to listen to, go ahead. <laughs> but he was also Bennings in John Carpenter's The Thing from 82, and he was the newspaper clerk uh, that helps Kathy, uh, that she ends up discovering that Ronnie DeFeo and George are lookalikes, more or less. Yeah. And uh, we finally get to the last night, where, of course, it's a dark and stormy one. Uh, George, he's battening down the hatches when he sees a pig with glowing eyes in the window see i don't know if that's a pig or not i mean they say it is but you can't tell what it is yeah right and that's why i kind of say it like because that's what i've understood it's kind of that's a pig it's what they say I'm, yeah. I, I don't buy it as a pig though it's weird yeah it's different than what we see in the where you just see the red eyes glow yeah mm-hmm. you still can't make out what it is though fully right which is great you know because it adds to the mystery of it all but blood starts pouring out of the walls and the steps which looks fucking awesome it's cool it looks really good 
it doesn't look good when it's in high def because you can tell where they you know yeah. had the cuts in the wallpaper to where it was going to come out. But, right. Yeah, but you know it, it's a great visual. Uh, George he does his best pre Jack Torrance with the kids when uh, they're in the bathroom and uh, Kathy she ends up stepping in and this is the scene where she looks old like, looks like an old yeah. woman I guess and is that what she's supposed to look like an old woman? yeah I don't know. it's she, it's weird her skin's like, like you know, just but it back makes and George and... stop right and at this point it's just the horrifying journey to get everyone out of the house including Harry the family dog even after they already took off they were gone they were halfway down the road yeah they were they were, they were done he forgot <laughs> okay guys i love my pets but if no nah. yeah it's a family dog man it's, oh, they're, man. they're family members you got to go back I and get be, a dog i would be i would be suckered in if one of my kids was like daddy get here you got to go get a dog yeah, you got to get a dog shit Harry's dead. I saw it. Sorry, kids. Moving on. <laughs> That's terrible, Mayor. Terrible. I appreciate that point of view, too. I, really I mean, I have a kid for pets, so, you know. Uh, it was dogs. a cat, maybe. Yeah, maybe a cat. I'll give you that. Cats are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Dogs are fucking... <laughs> but, of course, you know, he's already driven off, so, I mean, this gives us the dramatic run through the rainstorm back to the house by George, who ends up falling through the basement steps into a pit of black goo. Which is awesome. It looks yeah. fucking cool as shit. I think it looks weird. I don't of course understand it. I knew you would. Oh it's like a tar pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're in La Brea all of a sudden. <laughs> you know. But Harry the dog ends up attacking George at first and then he ends up helping him out of the black goo pit. We good dog. Up, yeah, good dog. <laughs> Fair enough. But then we get the dramatic it's run back to the van through the rainstorm. And George is carrying the dog for some reason. I don't understand why. I mean, the dog didn't lose <laughs> its ability know. to walk. Right. Yeah. yeah. But well, anyways, but they speed away, and this is followed up with George and Kathleen Lutz and their family never reclaim their house or their personal belongings. Today, they live in another state. End of film. Get and that's the fuck that. out of Dodge, man. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. What are your guys' thoughts on this ending, how it went? I mean, what 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 do you got? Chris Rock said it best, you know, why people just, you know, they don't leave their house when there's ghosts around and shit. Why, or Eddie Murphy said it, that's right, you know. He said, you know, it, 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 he did in his stand-up, you know, um, talking about poltergeist and <laughs> shit. Why do white folks fucking... <laughs> why do white folks always stay in the house when there's a ghost in the house? If I'm walking through the house and they say, get out. Too bad we gotta stay. We can't stay, baby. You know, we gotta get the fuck out. <laughs> Just get the fuck out of your house. And we learned a little bit of that in the Haunted House with uh, Marlon Wayans, too. You yeah. ever seen Haunted House? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Similar premise. Did you guys know that uh, the studio, they intentionally to create more publicity for the movie, uh, they would make up these stories of quote-unquote weird occurrences that were happening on set that weren't really happening at all. I believe that. Yeah, well, they totally did that. They kind of took, you know, the uh, old Exorcist approach. You know I mean? Exorcist, that shit really did happen, though, on set. Yeah. There are some sets that are cursed. I truly believe it. Do you believe the Poltergeist set is cursed? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I over, feel like that's over the biggest this, one. Over this I, one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. You I know? feel like if there was ever to be one to be cursed, it would have been Poltergeist. Yeah, when you're using actual, 
you know, skulls and stuff. Yeah. Human skulls. Yeah. You're you're, and you're throwing actors and actresses in the the water without not without their knowledge. Yeah, you're opening up a door. Mm. I think I hear you. But uh, okay, so we we kind of touched on this earlier, but I'm gonna go ahead and ask it now. All right, so we talked about the movie. Do you guys believe the real life story that the Lutzes are spinning right here? Not to the full extent of it all. I'm sure some creepy shit did happen in the house, though. Okay. But I'm, you know, obviously it's it's it is embellished. Oh yeah, yeah, to the extreme, clearly. You know, well, so. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure some some so kind of do, oddities have happened in the house while they were there. So you do believe there were some, there was the potential for some weird occurrences that did legitimately happen, but yeah. you just felt well, like I mean, they just way over. You gotta think, man. You know the preacher. You know you can't. You got to take that into account. You know. I mean, obviously he did not come back. You know ever. How much do they pay him? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, priest, sure it's a, a possibility made to the church. I don't. Maybe. But yeah. Yeah, every once in a while, you get a good nugget fucking priest. You know who doesn't lie. You know is all about the truth and shit. Yeah. You know. The maybe thing he here did is have so, a legitimate reason to not go back. Okay. The thing here is though. We're treated to this story not because of the murders that happened a year ago, but because of the story that is woven, you know, yeah. posthumously to that family with the next occupants of the house. And it's, I, I'm 100% of the belief that it is completely made up and that maybe. Completely made up. I'm calling 98% made up. I'm okay. talking they have just taken a few little common occurrences and stretched them into something. Uh, I don't know if they believed it themselves and they were done lying about it enough, but I don't I don't buy it. I think this story is completely fabricated. The original story of you know the family being murdered, that happens everywhere in the country all the time, and you don't hear about it, but... This family comes up with this wild tale of, you know, what happened to them after they moved into that house, and it's a whole different ball game. <clears throat> it's just crazy, you know, that a family would only move into for a house for like 28 days, you know, and they're, they're out. They're done. Right. If you're all in. That's why I'm saying they should have got a 30-day money-back guarantee on that fucking house. I mean, house, I, I don't know. I'm with the king on this. I, I personally feel, oh, it's total... Right on. The Lutzes are full yeah. of shit. Yeah. Uh, William Weber is full of shit. Absolutely. The fucking Warrens are full of shit. And their pockets are full of dollar bills, too. Exactly. And here's yeah. the thing. You know, I'm being from good old America, you know, I'm a capitalist. If you can make money, you make money. All right? Sure. But I would say this, uh, because you talked about this, King, you know, there. this was... The location of a horrific occurrence. Yeah. All right, someone brutally murdered in cold blood their entire family. Okay, and I feel like it, you said it best. I mean, this is the story that's lost, and this is the actual story. Yeah. Everything that's focused on it's the sensationalized, uh, quote unquote, hauntings that. 
this family that was the first ones that moved into this house after this tragedy. That's what we focus on. Yeah, right. but you get Amityville too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, we, yeah, we do get Amityville too, and we're conflicted on that one in certain ways. Yeah, <laughs> but but no, the, but I the I, meat of the story though, the original murders. That the, I I have a story for that that comes from our local town, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Oh yeah, that happened in 1969. Oh, we wow. had a family of. I don't know, 13. It was over behind Southside. came on. Okay. Their house burnt down. Uh, I'm just going to read some of the news article here because I brought this up okay. to share with you guys because this is an example of what happens in every town and maybe doesn't get you know brought up to Hollywood status because something extraordinary didn't happen afterwards that someone actually witnessed or had happened. But okay. Here's the news article. Nothing could have prepared emergency responders in Parkersburg, West Virginia, for the inferno they rolled up on 50 years ago. Charles and Ruby Bailey and 10 of their 13 children were entombed by a flash fire that consumed the interior of their tar paper rental house. The fire materialized at 1 a.m. on Sunday, June 8, 1969. Customers at Jimbo's, a local drive-in, reported the flames and rushed to help. But rescuers were driven back by the heat even as a female inside made her final pleas for help. Most of the bodies were near windows and doors, but they couldn't make it out of the house. The juvenile victims included five girls and five boys. The youngest victim was only six months old. Mm. Years later, a cop who was among the first to arrive told the Parkersburg News and Sentinel the baby was fried. He added ruefully, everyone else was fried too. Suspicious by their absence from the home at the time of the blaze, police investigators took in two of the Bailey teenagers. The oldest Bailey sister had married and moved away, so she was not a suspect. During questioning, Roger Bailey states, If you won't tell anyone, I'll tell you something about that fire. He explained that sister Susie had enlisted him to help incinerate their kin after their father had forbidden Susie from dating her 19-year-old boyfriend, John Bumgarner because he was her first cousin, and their father had threatened to have a warrant sworn out for his arrest. Wow. I told Roger that I was going to set the house on fire after they all went to bed, Susie wrote. She and the brother siphoned gas from their father's truck into a dishpan, then quietly sloshed it around as their family slept. I put gasoline into every room but the bathroom, she admitted. She touched off the inferno by tossing a flaming paper bag through a window. She and Roger then fled to a rendezvous with Bumgartner. The teen siblings were charged as adults with 12 counts of murder, and their confessions seemed to ensure conviction. But then all of that went up in smoke. Susie Bailey's court-appointed attorney filed a routine pretrial challenge of her confession, arguing that police had illegally coaxed the admissions from the hungry, sleep-deprived teen who was said to have had mental capacity of a 10-year-old. A circuit court's judge stunned criminal justice officials by agreeing with her attorney, and the state Supreme Court upheld the invalidation of the confession. It was the opinion of the court that she did not knowingly and intelligently waive her constitutional right to remain silent and to have advice from counsel. The Bailey teens were sent to foster homes, Roger in North Carolina, Susie in Ohio. The brother settled in, but the sister, renamed Laura Jean Boone, did not. She was boy crazy, a chronic truant, and a frequent runaway, including one trip for a meetup with Bumgarner. In 1972, after a stint in the Ohio Psychiatric Hospital, she dropped out of sight for good after sending her brother a note saying that she had married and was moving to the Northeast. 
Back in West Virginia, the remains of her parents and ten siblings rest in six shared coffins in a communal gravesite in Bethel Cemetery in Elizabeth. A marble marker notes that they died in a tragic fire. Actually, the fire was murder. The slapdash investigation was the real tragedy. Huh. And that happened here. That would be that's, a crazy movie. Yeah, that's you wild. Know? You could really yeah. spin that into sure. a crazy-ass movie. Well, and I kind of feel like that's what the Lutzes did here with this. I mean, right they, they yeah. I, say, I think they saw an opportunity. They went for it. They went bold. I hear you. Have you heard Ronald DeFeo's confession of which saying one? that his sister committed some of the murders? Yeah, yeah. I want to say which one. I mean, he's well, he's I don't got buy multiple. That. I don't buy that yeah. shit. Yeah, that's the only one that seems, you know, somewhat convincing out of the. Out of the group, yeah. I suppose, but I mean, it's yeah. It, it, I mean, it's an nuts. awful, it's an awful tragedy, and uh, you know, again, like I said, I'm all for capitalism, you know, and I guess if you're able to sleep with yourself yourself at night, yeah, and, you know, make the decisions you know it's that wrong. you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's really seedy. And yeah. I, I really, if I'm George Lutz, I don't know that I could follow through with that. Right. Because, Capitalizing on murder. Yeah. Is uh, yeah, it's tough business yeah. to get into. Exactly. Morally. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's, I I just don't know that that's something I'd want to bear. War profiteers. Danny Lutz recounts in the Miamiville horror. I don't know if you ever saw that documentary. He no, I heard about did. that. I mean, he just completely dissects his dad as a total jerk. Never, hmm. you know, had any use for him. Hmm. And, you know, he was always out for himself. And I can see him being that abusive father and neglectful husband that just says, let's do this for the money and toes her along with him to the right. grave. <laughs> but... We did get a good movie out of this. Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> something I want to <laughs> something I want to ask you guys is, uh, you know, obviously this spawned off countless sequels and spinoffs, but I, I kind of want to just talk about the original sequels, which I guess would be just the second and third entries. Uh, what are your guys' takes on Amityville Two: The Possession from 1982 and Amityville 3D from 1983? I kind of enjoy part two um there's there's some aspects of it that you know got to me um the i think everybody knows part. yeah the incest yeah. shit um yeah, it's weird it is weird you know made me a little unsettling you know when i first watched it i i remember when it happened i just, I just kind of looked around like is this really like, happening oh my god what the fuck is we're going doing on? this yeah, um <laughs> but uh no i i i like that movie it's not bad okay minus that uh 3d is uh, not that great yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Okay, what yeah. you got, Kane? 3D is not worth discussing. Not really. Uh, Other except than for the, the cover art, that could have been one of my choices for a top cover art of a movie that sucked so bad. Yeah, it has that kind of yeah. claw reaching out. Yeah, three, I hear you. three, you know, yeah. fingered prong, that claw. Yeah, I but mean, what about two. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't raise a needle for me Bert as Young much as other people. Asshole dad in that movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he does he really that. Is. He does his job. Uh, I just don't. I don't think that's an effective retelling of the backstory as it's supposed to be. Well, it made it supernatural instead of just. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I just. 
I realized they're going for the backstory, the prequel, if you will, and it didn't work for me. Right, okay, okay. I didn't buy him as the dad. I mean, Burt Young's a great actor, but not... (laughs) uh, He didn't convince me in that part. Right on. Wrong person for that part. I mean, I I have to agree with Ketchum here on this. I mean, yeah, Mm. it was still Uncle Polly, but he was like dickhead Uncle Polly, and it was convincing. Uh, It's too little. For me, it doesn't matter. Okay. I I feel that that fits the bill in my opinion, <laughs> even more so, because he has that little man syndrome. Yeah. You know, um, I too, I I like Amityville too, the possession a lot. Um, there's a lot of it, it gives me more in my personal opinion. Uh, Amityville three T three D, yeah, that's 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 pretty Stinker. much garbage. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, you get Robert Joy in there. Um, you get a young uh, Meg Ryan, uh-huh. and you also get Lori Laughlin. Meg Ryan's in there? Yeah. Oh, Meg Ryan. Well, I've watched it maybe twice. And but outside of that, the movie is... Before it was done both times, I think. Yeah, I mean, the movie is it's pretty much a shitter. I've seen every sequel, and there's nothing worth seeing after two, two. if you give two as much credit as you're giving it. Yeah. I okay. personally would say avoid part two. No, oh, okay. But uh, all right. Well, I mean, does this uh, wrap up our review of the Amityville Horror from 1979? I mean, are we ready to go into the wrap-ups? Sure. Okay. Do you want to take this one first, or you want to take it yeah, last, buddy? Yeah, I'll get her. I'll get her done. Do it, boys. I got her. Do it. Do it. Right it. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. can't, wait, can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> hey, look, this movie holds a very special place in my heart. As I've made perfectly obvious, sure. if I haven't, I've tried. You know, it's been Message with me from day zero. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a cheeky excuse and story. I'm sure. You know, no, 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 man, no, it's legit. Memories. No, it's legit. I, I, I dig it. Okay. Well, but that story resonates with me, and you know, as I heard my parents recall seeing it in the theater the night before I was born. You know, something about that must have scared me, you know, I mean, and made me think that what must have scared me straight out of the womb that night, you know. Quite possibly. You know, you have a weird connection to this film. Yeah, and and my parents took me to the house when I was little, and that's a memory that's like, out of all my fuzzy memories, I hold on to that one really dear. Like, it's one of the, like, early memories of childhood that I remember us standing in front of. 112 Ocean Avenue, which I think they had changed the address of at that time. Yeah. Right. To avoid people, but they hadn't changed the windows yet. I was going to say, don't they change they the windows? They had not changed They're the windows rectangular yet. rectangular now, right? Correct. Yeah. But at the time I, I visited it, they had a... A quarter oval? A, a wide window connecting the two. Uh, oh, okay. I've seen... Okay. okay. I know what you're talking about. I have about. pictures of it. I'll post them, but... That's the only difference, and, and it didn't make a difference to me. I just was, like, shocked. We were looking at the Amityville house. You and, knew. Yeah. And uh, I asked my dad, I was like, can we go in? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, no, we can't go in. People live in there. And I'm like, can we not go in What? <laughs> you know, my first thing was, why? People live in there? Right. <laughs> like, I, you showed me that movie, and you're telling me right now that people live in there right now. Fuck that. <laughs> you know, I was completely, like, shocked. 
you know, I didn't think as a little kid that we would be denied access to look at the house. I thought, you know, Dad was taking me to a tourist attraction, right. you know, because he had just taken me to Washington, <laughs> D.C., and we went through all those buildings, and now we're at the Amityville house. And I'm like, let's go in, <laughs> you know. I didn't know any better. But nope. Man, it was it was cool as shit to me. That's awesome. As a kid, so I got that experience. And then later in life, we went on a vacation and stopped in Tom's River. And I got to see... Uh-huh. The movie house, which right. wildly shocked me in difference because, you know, that barn roof is not on that house. It's got a typical triangle roof. Yeah. And what I found out after researching that was that was a facade just built on the house for the movie. Yeah. They used that house the way it was and just built a facade on the both sides and the roof to connect them, I guess. Yeah. So that it looked like a barn roof. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of a letdown seeing it because <laughs> I was expecting something completely different. Yeah. But, uh, Movie still, magic. really cool. And I got to see both that house and the real one. But the 1970 version or 79 version of this movie resonates with me as the quintessential haunted house horror movie. Yeah, this is one of my all time favorites. And, and it can't be remade to satisfy me further than this adaptation. It's perfect in every way to me. Never convince me otherwise. And since it's been about five podcasts now, since I've dropped a 10 rating on you, oh I'm ringing that dinner bell again. God. It's a 10 for the king. This movie <laughs> is as near and dear to my heart as any movie ever made. Okay. All right. Period. All right. Firm. 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 <laughs> firm. firm. It's as firm as it can be. All right. 10 out of 10. Is it a more firm 10 out of 10 than what we get from Halloween or Christine? You're asking me if I rank it higher than those two Mm -hmm. movies? Yeah, more firm. More firm. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, my top five movies of all time are at a hard lock. I mean, I, I have a hard time exchanging one for the other in a placement of one, two, three, four, and five. But it's, well, in okay. that, it's in that top five. I promise you this is in that top five, if that helps any. And those two, yes, are in that top five. Okay. All right. On another day, I may break that down a little better, but that's what you're getting today. Not yet. Not yet. Fair enough. All right. All right. 10 out of 10 from The King for Amityville Horror. Good God. 1979. All right. What you got, Lord? Well, not a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> But I do enjoy this movie. Uh, when I first watched it, you know, it captivated me. For I, I watched it. I think is one of those movies that I watched for like a month straight. You know, yeah. every day, probably twice a day. You know, um, you know, it, it captured that that horror aspect for me. Um, James Brolin, Margaret Kidder. I thought they did very well in this movie. They the chemistry was there for them. The scores. Scores is solid as shit. I, like I said, I'm a sucker for the uh, children chorus, choral um, yeah. singing and everything, you know. I really enjoy that. 10 out of 10 on the soundtrack for me, too. But that I hear you. Just that, that single. Um, there were a few things that just don't hold up, you know, nowadays. But I, I, I don't know. It doesn't really reduce much for me. It does a little bit, though. Not too much. Um, back in the day, I'd, I would have rated this movie at a seven point five. Um, but right now, it's coming. It 
I rate this at a seven. Okay, seven out of ten. It's hundred percent rewatchable. I get you know, I, my kid's gonna be watching this here soon. You know, the one that's starting to get into horror and stuff. This is gonna be one of those movies that slide in. You know, uh -huh. I mean, minus the little bit of sex scene and yeah. everything. It's not that bad though. It's you know? it's a good jumping off point. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Seven out of ten. I like that. Okay. Well, the Amityville Horror from 1979 was written by Sander Stern, based upon his screenplay, and Jay Anson, based upon his book. It was directed by Stuart Rosenberg, who uh, he directed Cool Hand Luke in 1967, went on to direct Brubaker in 1980, and The Pope of Greenwich Village in 1984. This is rated R with a runtime of an hour and 57 minutes, and it was released on July 27, 1979, on a modest estimated budget of $4.7 million, and it grossed $86.4 million worldwide. Massive success. Out of the park. <laughs> yep. This was an unexpected blockbuster hit, and it was in the top 10 highest grossing movies at the time. And it was one of the highest grossing independent films at the time. And it was also American International Pictures' biggest hit. <laughs> Shit. But let me ask you this. Was either of you in the theater two weeks after its debut? Nope. <laughs> For the very first movie you ever viewed in your entire existence? Nope. I was. Can't say that. <laughs> I was I not, think brother. I think you can. <laughs> it's the way a, it's told. It's an asterisk, but yeah. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> Asterix count. I mean, they claim when babies hear everything that goes on outside the womb. Right. And I'm sure this, you know, was a traumatic experience the night before I came out of the womb. <laughs> For who? <laughs> Everyone involved. <laughs> Still to the same. seen day. my baby pictures. <laughs> Built like a brick shit house. Oh my gosh. But, uh,. This is streaming on Amazon Prime, as well as a bunch of the sequels and spinoffs, as well as the 2005 remake. Uh, you can also buy it on Amazon for $2.99, and it's also on Hulu, as well as the remake. King? The remake's not better. <laughs> we're we're going to fight over my take on this movie. Um, <laughs> However, the book did involve the uh, the uh, backstory of Mr. John Ketchum a yep. little bit more than what 1979 did. It and absolutely you did. You like that part of the new adaptation. I get that. I know where you're going, but carry on anyway. But <laughs> I've watched this twice in the past couple years, and before that time, it had been a really long while since I've seen this. But on these two most recent watches, my rating has gone downhill. Um, I, it's shot Each very time? well. Yes. Oh shit! You gotta stop watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news. I don't. It's not going to drop any lower. Okay. Uh, I mean, this movie. It's shot very well in exciting, visually enticing angles and whatnot. Uh, you get an amazing, haunting score by Lalo Schifrin. And you get a pretty damn good cast ensemble. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but the story is where this lacks. And it lacks big time for me. That and the fact that this movie, it's its not scary. It's not scary. 
okay? Okay. At least to me it's not. There's just nothing there. It, it doesn't move the needle for me. It does a good job of building tension at times, mostly because of the score, in my opinion. But it never really delivers the goods at all. The brief cutaways of violence and gore, it doesn't cut it for me. Pig Beast Jody doesn't cut it for me. And the very anticlimactic ending doesn't work for me. I hear you. You get a big fat zero for a body count, not including the depictions of the DeFeo murders in the beginning or the dream sequences. Why are you not counting this? Because those don't count. <laughs> the fuck you say? I would say they count. Maybe. All right. I mean, it happened in the Absolute movie. Absolute bullshit for you it, to that's say That's how that. the movie opens up. It's okay. You are fucking murder. way out of line I mean, on this. pretty intense, dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a body count to this movie, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> if I get... stood alone on this, I, there would be hitchhikers. There would be a fist. Let us know what's going on. Is there a body count to the Amityville horror? Let us know. Yeah, come up with something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna get an automatic half a star reduction for the cat jump scare. Uh, okay. Boo to that. You know, you fucking it's, cat jump scare hater. Yeah, I am. I know you are. Yeah. But, uh... Weak. <laughs> anyways, most of the scenes that we get that are, you know, they're of terror or peril, I mean, they're borderline comical, and to me, they they really miss the mark. I, I mean, I understand what this movie represents, and I understand its significance in cinema, but this is just not a good haunted house movie. What? For the, period, for the period in time this came out, man... It really is. You know, you got to take it for, for that, you know. I, I guess it doesn't, you know, like I said, it doesn't hold up over time. I mean, to me, but. it's very pedestrian, and it doesn't hold up very well for my money's worth. And, I mean, at best, I mean, this is a made-for-TV movie, which originally it was supposed to be for if CBS. You been, if minus been, the nudity and the little bit of uh, bad language that we get. Yeah, but if you'd been alive when this movie came out, yeah, you telling me you wouldn't have been scared? I mean, I saw it when I was younger, and I mean, yeah, it affected me, but it, it just right. it doesn't hold up. I hear you. As an adult, this movie, to me, it's, I, I don't know, it's 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 bland, it's boring to me. Mm, um, to me, the score and the presentation of the house itself are the scariest things in this. I mean, this came out at the right time. People, they wanted to believe... And the the sensationalism that this movie brought forth, and they clearly wanted to believe uh, to be they wanted to be frightened by the internal battle of good and evil, God and Satan. But five little words more than anything sold this movie, based upon a true story, hook, line, and sinker. Audiences ate that shit up back in the day. I think more than today, at least to me. I don't know. Uh, to, well, it just back wasn't then, done very often back then. Right, yeah, and to so me, back then, those when words When you got it, it was like, meant, oh shit, okay. Right, to me, they, they meant more back then. I mean, I don't know, is that just me, or is that my no, childlike, rose-colored glasses view yeah. taking over there? No, I, I agree with that, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Based upon a true story, yeah, people got... got people that was an impact. That was like, oh shit. It was like, dum, dum, dum. You know? But this motherfucker. 
<laughs> I can't even ask you to set the rating down. I, 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 right I know. I know. I know. He's shooting I'm going to back away from the table when I say this rating because I don't want to get slapped in my mouth. Hold on. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you right now, when you asked me where this ranks in my top movies of all time, you just made me realize that this is my number one, because I've never been more offended by what you're saying than what I am about this movie. And therefore, what you've said about Halloween 2, or about Christine, (laughs) do not trump the feeling I feel right now about what you're saying about this movie, therefore making this my favorite movie of all time. Another biased rating by, by the man. By, it, out of spite. Hey, out of spite. No, no. If, if it's my favorite movie of all time, it's a fucking golden ticket. There's no spite if, rating. There's no trumping I, that. I would agree with me. you that this would be your favorite movie because of your so the connection of it. You know, all yeah, it has a lot has of like, things. I can see why this would be personal one to movie. me. No, and I get that. And I, I, I understand that. that. Yeah, and I'm not going to say you're wrong for having a ten out of ten on this. Whereas you're going to tell me I'm wrong for having this as a six out of ten. Oh, six out of ten. Yeah, I could have called terrible. that. I could have called that. Ten minutes ago, probably I could have probably predicted that an hour ago. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, six out of ten isn't that 20. bad. Though, Here's the thing: it, like I said, I I understand what this movie represents, but looking at this movie, it, it it really is. It's boring to me. There's nothing that happens. It's a lot of building of tension, and there's no there's no payoff. It just there's it, it just doesn't. I feel you're in the minority. I probably am, and I'm okay. I'd with say that. he's actually in the consensus. Just. Yeah, this, the uh, average aspect of it all. I get there's a lot of fans out there of Part 2 that like Part 2 better than Part 1, and I don't get that either, but... I, I'm I'll kind take, of on the teeter-totter uh, with that, though, I'm in the same really place, am. because I'll be honest with you, if if you put a gun to my head, if I'm going to watch a movie yeah, that's man. more entertaining that gives me what I'm looking for from a movie of the time, I'm probably going to pick Amityville 2, The Possession. I would agree because you know you actually get the murders that happen and you get a really cool demonic transfer. Yeah, you get some awesome and stuff. Like, now, you know, obviously, that's not everything. the story, but yeah. you're giving me the you're right. giving me the juice. You're giving yeah. me what I want. You know, minus like, the incest shit. Yeah, that, that gets a little, a little weird. weird but, but other than that, man, I mean, I I kind of like two better. I mean, I agree. A smidge. Right. It's like a seven point five. You know. I feel like I have Unreal. them both as a six, but I feel like Amityville Two is just—it's more of an appealing movie. It just, like I said, it just gives right. me more of what I'm looking for. And I think honestly, the tipping factor in that is—it's the special effects. Yeah, yeah. Dude, when the you know hit that shit coming yeah. out of his neck, you know, and it's bulging up. Yeah, that's huge, man. Dude, it's, that's weird. It's freaky. Like, I that's literally freaky can't appreciate a damn thing either of you're saying right now. Really? Okay, <laughs> well, yeah. That's how strongly I'm against what you're saying. I, I don't. I don't like to. I don't, two does not. Well, it's hard when work. you got a perfect movie on your hands. You sure, know? you're right. Yeah. You're damn right. You know, you're trying to in your to in your views. You know, sure. So. Yeah, no, it is my views. In fact, I like it being personal. I like it being mine. Yeah, no, that's I like wrapping my arms around. Hey, it man, saying, that's why off. we're in HP, man. Yeah. I'm, the Ketchum House is in this movie, you know, and I've got some ties to it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's you know. Again, it's but it's you were born different. with this. You, <laughs> I was born in it. Again, listen. <laughs> when you throw that clip in here, yeah. Get that <laughs> you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, I love it. I get that's a cheeky take, but I mean, You're somehow married. you know, I respect it, all the movie. It I was, was born to it. <laughs> the first time I actually watched it in person, I probably was like, "This seems familiar," you know. I mean it. It's that nostalgic to me. I mean, it's, it's like so nostalgic. Vu. It's so nostalgic that the first time I seen it, I was like. I've seen this. There's something familiar about all this. <laughs> you know, I don't like it. It's he crazy. is, is going to fall in a pit of black goo. <laughs> well, no, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I thought it was going to all crazy. I'm stretching here a little bit. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you get that sense it, of deja has, vu. And, yeah. if, if, it, if there is a movie out here that is the most nostalgic movie for me, this is it. I mean, there's, no, there's none higher. <laughs> right on. Fair enough. All right. And I've explained why. Well, I'm glad we got to review this movie on the highway, man. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Absolutely. Hey. I know my feelings aren't aren't as uh, quite visit, as high. Go visit them on the highway, you know. Yeah, they're but, out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like this is one of those movies where there there's a lot of ratings on this. I, I kind of feel like it's all over the place. I don't feel like it's necessarily in the consensus. Of like, oh yeah, we love this movie. It's a classic. It's great. Or it is it's a classic. Awful. You know, I I, I do view this as a uh, classic. I like The Exorcist better. I appreciate I that. Cl- yeah, without I doubt. I can't appreciate that. But <laughs> Wow, that is interesting. You can't appreciate it? I just it? fucking told you I know, this movie rates I know, for me. I understand. And you can't believe that? I understand, but I uh, I think what the, the <laughs> last shock month is... we had a post that commented our least favorite movie that everyone else loves... And I chose The Exorcist. That is true. Yeah, yeah this is right. true. I love that. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Chalk that up as shocking as shit. Yeah. You might be the only one. I don't know. You're a fucking unicorn king. I am a fucking unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hitchhikers. This concludes our review of the Amityville Horror from 1979. We hope you all enjoyed our unique and in-depth analysis of this horror classic. I did. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcasts and be on the lookout for new announcements and updates. And make sure you also visit the King Art Facebook page that is linked to the NHP page where you can find a wide variety of incredible artwork from the King himself. You can also email the show at NostalgiaHighwayPodcasts at gmail.com and our Twitter username is at HighwayNHP. So there's all kinds of ways to reach us. So any input on older or newer episodes or any questions you may have, we would love to hear from you. Be sure to check out our next episode, episode 27, where we will review the hidden early 2000s horror thriller, Jim, Frailty from 2001, directed and starring Bill Paxton and also stars Matthew McConaughey and Powers Booth. That releases at midnight, Tuesday, November 26th. And NHP fun fact, this was the movie that began mine and the King's infatuation of Ham's beer. (laughs) More to come on that on the 26th. You'll have to listen in on that to get the whole story. So on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll catch you next time out on the highway. Did you say next week we're reviewing Jim? He said the like a the gem. gem, like a, like a gem. Because you know, I like, love of a gem, and I know you did too, a little bit. And admittedly, probably is me, but I mean, are you talking Jim about the, like from the eighties? The, the glam, the pink-haired rocker chick. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
I like, writing. I like Jim. In the holograms? Jim yes. holograms? Yeah. Solid writing. That was well done cartoon. <laughs> oh my god. Hey man. I'm with the cane on this. Jim I've seen I did, I did watch it. I did watch and it. Produced cartoon. Yeah, I've I've seen every episode of Jim in the holograms. Okay. I can sing both versions of the uh You can sing them? Oh absolutely. Do it. I can't do it while we're, we're not doing it right now. This is an outtake. <laughs> I can do it, but not right now. Well I can do but it once yeah. we turn that mic off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do it, damn it. Yeah. Well there it is. <laughs> Me and the Lord got I, a gym yeah. crush, I guess. <laughs> a gym fetish. <laughs>